0: Love, talk, radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Solomon. Hey, it's Babs Ayikboothi. Michael Thompson talking. to the phenomenal
1: A.J. Stout. Jerry Rosen. Charles Johnson. Psycho killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening
0: to SportsCast Radio. SportsCast Radio. Everybody. Welcome to SportsCast Radio hey what is up
1: ladies and gentlemen it is september 17th and is this sportscast radio my god sportscast radio what's going on man we are rocking with you tonight elijah in the house with me man and we're uh is this the comeback train sir Let's hope so. We've been like talking about it. You know.
2: we've, been, we've been talking about it long enough.
1: I'm hoping I don't do what I kept doing on WrestleCat last night, where I have what it set that? up now where my laptop is set up to the microphone because the way I reposition my computer, it just goofs with the sound. It doesn't work. So every time I try to do something on my laptop, I start moving my computer mouse, to which nothing happens. And then I start getting confused, and then I stop talking, and then I lose my train of thought, and realize that I'm not using the right thing. And so I started playing the standing eight count theme for a second.
2: I was oh. wondering about that. You got a new sports cast theme.
1: That that's the one that uh, I think Jordan and Tommy were using. I I panicked and went, oh, I don't know where ours went, so I just hit that one oh. instead of uh, Bad Boy for Life. <laughs> 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 There is some stuff on here I do not remember. Um, don't want to make this too crazy impromptu, and I apologize for anyone that's hearing this on demand and not live. I forgot to advertise this on Facebook and Twitter. But we'll get we'll get I to forgot you guys to, too. The notifications. <laughs> but just this something bad. I'm just gonna No, no, it's 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 all I, I, I built the episode. I failed miserably. But I wanna see what the heck this clip is. It says uh, F.A. intro. I, I'm guessing it's a free agent thing, and I apologize that I'm just playing sound on the radio, but I'm really intrigued by this. So give me a second, and if it's really bad and terrible, we'll just end it right away. One second. Let's see what this that's is. Like. J. Lethal V. Oh, it's, I guess this is J. Lethal V.
0: Undisputed
1: so we'll cue that in the background a first. And, Regular NXT superstar now. <laughs> I'm, let's see here. What is this?
0: Radio. Sportscast Radio.
1: Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Why is their first choice and Kyrie is their second Closest choice. Closest approximation to Kyrie Irving in the world is Kemba Walker. This is the latest rose, Bob. You think Jimmy Butler cares? Jimmy Butler's going to show up when it works. That's what he does. Uh, why would you go anywhere else? Stay your behind in Philadelphia. Denver is really the team you got to watch. The Utah, they can bounce back. The Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> I remember what that was though. Sorry for getting random, but I was like, what in the world? We got a bunch (laughs) of fun to talk to guys. Uh, Week two of the NFL season went down, wrapped up yesterday. We'll get into that. I cannot wait to go over uh, the top 100 NBA players for the 2020 season that Sports Illustrated has released. Uh, I want to talk some baseball as the playoffs are coming up here. we got about 10 or 11 games, a lot of boxing to get into as well. I do have a full on set of Uber facts in case anybody decides to call in One three four seven eight five seven ten sixty 10, wants to play. We'll do that in about an hour. Otherwise, if uh, any of our uh, other strong style media members want to get involved, I got four good ones. I'm pretty excited by these. I might be a little rusty, so I apologize. And we may just play it with just the two of us if we have to, because I don't want them to go to waste if I don't need to. But, um,
2: wasn't there a major you know, Game of Thrones one uber fact in there that
1: yeah. you were just
2: hoping to stump me with?
1: Yep, that was part of the reason I wanted to do it because uh, I I think uh, I think it's one of those ones where I, everyone overthinks it and I get somebody with something else, but we'll see what happens with it. Um, I think. I think just because of how egregious it is, and I think the NFL is going to take well because I got a few other complaints I started talking about tonight, and I know boxing is going to probably be an entire hour. Let's go right into this top 100 list because okay. I want I want to pick your brain. What I want to do is we're going to do like a mini game style, a mini version of. We're, let's let's get right. Let's let's keep it, man. Let's keep it simple. You know you know what we're going to do right now here, Elijah. <laughs> We don't even need to play the full thing. Let's do a quick mini impromptu game of three strikes that I was not expecting. But I want to see if you can give me – I'll give you I'll give you a, three chances here, and I want to do the top 15. I know it's not a okay. full normal top 10, but I want to see how many of the top 15 you can nail. Um, oh, so Jesus. go ahead when you're ready.
2: Okay. Brown
1: James. Okay, he's Steph number Curry. three. Steph Curry's number 4.
2: Um God, I'm going to like totally suck at this right now cuz it's kind of I'm so bad on the spot. Um
1: <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, uh, that is strike 1. What? He's not going to play next are, are year. They, are
2: they Oh my god. <laughs> All right,
1: Russell Westbrook <laughs> Okay, Russell Westbrook is number twelve.
2: Ooh. Uh, let's see here.
1: I. I, I believe Davis. Anthony Davis is number six. Let's go. We're moving uh, through here. I like it. Keep keep this momentum going, good sir.
2: Uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis. Joel
1: Embiid is number seven. Giannis is number one.
2: Um, How many more do I have left?
1: You're missing number two, eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen,
2: fourteen,
1: fifteen. So you got almost half. Jeez. Um. Come on, come on. You are you are a guru. You are a guru. I'm
2: not. I'm not as sharp as I used to be.
1: Um, think players that move to new teams.
2: Oh, Kyrie Irving.
1: Uh, Kyrie Irving is number
2: fifteen. Um.
1: Uh. Man, I may I may have to buzz you on this. And then you
2: might have to.
1: All right, I'll give Bradley you a hint. Beal. Uh, Bradley Beal did not move teams. That is a second strike. Uh, who is Who is my not who do I not like as a Lakers fan what what team would that be and who did they get
2: um oh
1: James Harden's got to be
2: James Harden is number
1: five he is number five Um, Elijah you have gotten rusty my friend I know um I'm gonna give you the answers here number two Kawhi Leonard L.A. Clippers. Oh,
2: God, I can't believe I couldn't think of that.
1: <laughs> Number eight, Nuggets. What do you think? Nuggets.
2: Oh, Jokic.
1: Yeah, Nikolai Nikola Jokic. Number nine, team, team I can't cheer for, Clippers. Paul George. Yeah. Number 10, Dame Lillard. Uh Oof. I'm going to skip number 11. Uh, number 13, which I'm surprised you didn't say, Carl Anthony Towns, hometown. I
2: didn't. I didn't think they would put him in the top, like, just because they're kind of weird about that. Like, people are kind of weird about Carl Anthony Towns. They try and use, like, his team, like, not having success against him as being a good player. So I didn't think he would even be in their top 15.
1: Uh, number 14, defense player of the year, I think two years running, Rudy Gobert. Oh,
2: that's a surprise.
1: And number 11, the new player on the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, is ahead of Westbrook, Towns, Gobert, and Irving.
2: That's a surprise, too. I didn't even know if he would even be in the top 15. I thought he would be, like, towards the end or, like, close to it, but not quite in it.
1: (laughs) That blew my mind. So some other ones that I think either are I guess I guess the question being, is this is this too low? Is this too high? Or is this right where they should be? Um, so was so 16 and 17, we got Lamarcus Aldridge and Draymond Green. Number 18, Al Horford, new 76er. What do you think of that?
2: A little high, but I mean, I don't, I didn't really pay att- too much attention to him last year. I know he's still pretty good on defense and scores a little bit. So,
1: what I think I mean, was pretty low too. Blake Griffin, nineteenth. I think he got, it should be a lot higher after last year. How well he did.
2: Yeah, he's kind of turned. He's turned his game around. He's gotten to be like a more multifaceted, like kind of all-around player.
1: Um, what a couple that surprised me. Um, number thirty, they had Luca. Above, the couple before Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Middleton. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Luca is – he's one of those guys where I think when I look at it, I I can kind of say I think this dude's going to be something special for a decade. Like. Yeah, with with the facet like Ben Simmons at twenty three, I'm cool with that because he's kind of like the Doncic to me, where he's a guy who can play so many positions and do so many things that I think he's going to be very, very active and valuable for a while. I just yeah. I don't once know he gets a
2: jump, jump shot,
1: once he gets yeah.
2: Once he gets a jump shot, he'll probably be unstoppable. Like once he learns, if he ever learns how to shoot.
1: Do you think Jason Tatum at thirty five is too high?
2: Mm. I think I mean, he didn't
1: show up in the playoffs. He didn't do no, anything for the
2: I, I think it's okay. I mean, he, his stock has probably dropped a little bit, though, like this last year. I don't think it, people are thinking as highly of him as they were, like after his rookie year. But I don't know, I think 35 is pretty pretty decent for him. Who would you rather
1: have, Clint Capella or Stephen Adams? Clint Capella. Who would you rather have, Clint Capella or Miles Turner? Uh, Capella. Who would you rather have, Clint Capella or Derek Favors? Clint Capella. Well, Clint Capella's behind all of those. Uh, Stephen Adams is 40, Miles Turner 47, Derek Favors 55, Clint Capella 56.
2: Wow. The only guy that I think I would entertain take, taking over Capella is probably uh, Miles Turner, but that's surprising.
1: Yeah, that's fun. like I, they have Eric Bledsoe, Gary Harris, um, Buddy Healed all over Clint Capella, Paul Milstap, Marcus Soll all over Clint Capella. Very surprised by that. They have Gordon Hayward over Aaron Gordon. Wow. Um, maybe they're, some pro- the
2: maybe other maybe they're ones...
1: projecting what
2: they think the player will yeah. do this year.
1: Um, Rocco, 64th. That's kind of cool to see.
2: Yeah. I know like uh, had a f- few guys like Covington. Uh, Wiggins was 100, I think. Covington was 67. Jeff Teague was like in the 80s, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, Rocco was 64. Teague was 87 and Wiggins was 100. I don't. I don't know if I put Wiggins even on the list, but that's okay. I'm not mad. More notoriety <laughs> for us is, is a good thing. Um, yeah. He, he, let me let me ask you this. Let's rank the Chicago Bulls here. Zach Levine, Lori Markinon, Otto Porter, Thad Young. All four made the list. How do you rate? How do you rank those four?
2: Um. Let's see here. Levine. I probably would put like, in the 50s.
1: So, like, is Levine one out of those four?
2: Oh, are you saying, okay, I would say Levine, like, right now I would say Levine is number one, but I think Markkinen will eventually be better than him. So So you're going
1: Levine, Markkinen, you go Porter and Thad Uh, Young third.
2: I'll probably go Porter and then Thad Young.
1: All right. Uh, Otto Porter was 57. Thaddeus Young was 70, Lori Markkinen was 75, Zach Levine was 90. Wow. They have Al Farouk Amino over Zach Levine.
2: That's very interesting.
1: (laughs) Uh, These are some of the people that are ahead of Zach Levine. Karis LeVert, Josh Richardson, Harrison Barnes, Ricky Rubio, P.J. Tucker, Damata Sabonis. Uh Serge Abaca, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jeff Teague, Andre Iguodala, Jonas Valanciunas, uh Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, Jalen Brown. I mean, I could how- see like
2: I could see like Jay I could see Jalen Brown, um, Karis Levert, um, who's the other guy, the other um the other like guard swingman type player. So it's Karis Levert, Jalen Brown.
0: I was
1: okay um, with Jalen
2: Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Yep. Like I would put I would put all those guys like slightly above Levine just because they're to me they're better two way players.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I wasn't too mad about Joe Ingles. I wasn't too mad about um about PJ Tucker just because of his defense. But like how how do you have like here here's the guys behind Zach Levine. Derek White, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bam Adebayo, DeJounte Murray, Joe Harris, Kyle Kuzma, Jarrett Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Terrence Ross, and Andrew Wiggins. So, like, those are the only guys that they thought he... And how is Kyle Kuzma... I'm not trying to be a homer here, but Kyle Kuzma, 96? You're taking Bam Adebayo over Kyle Kuzma?
2: I don't know, man.
1: This list is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I Kevin Love at forty one still. <laughs> like how is Kevin Love above Tobias Harris?
2: I don't know. Are they smoking crack? Like
1: how is I I would who would, would you rather have Ke- Kevin Love or Danilo Gallinari?
2: Ooh, that's a it's that's a that's a close one. I think I would still. They both like miss games. It's kind of hard. Like that's a really that's a really hard one for me. I guess
1: I'm going Gallo because he's cheaper.
2: Yeah, I probably would take Gallo.
1: Would Would you take? I probably would. um, Would you take Kevin Love or newly signed Utah Jazz Boyan Bogdanovich?
2: Probably. uh, Boyan.
1: Especially after what he did last year at Indiana. Well, um, one more for you, or two more for you. Would you rather have Kevin Love or would you rather have Lou Williams?
2: Um, Lou Williams, probably.
1: And then the one like that if, Kevin, talk- if Kevin Love's contract
2: was different.
1: Yeah, that's a I, good would point.
2: Probably, I would probably say yes to him over a lot of these guys, but I don't – I don't know if he's worth his contract anymore, especially being that he's getting older and then he just he gets injured a lot still. And.
1: And, and a guy that we just kind of talked about on some of these things too, would you rather have Kevin Love or Clint Capella? Clint Capella. Yeah, Clint Capella is 15 spots lower than him. I have no idea what on earth they were thinking for 30, 40 percent of this list. It, 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 I know he's never played a game, but if you're, if it's, if it's due out of projections, you mean to put, you mean to tell me you're not putting Zion in the top 100?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, if
1: you're, if you're projecting, like you said, well, maybe they're just projecting things. So you mean to tell me next year Derek White is going to have a better season than Zion Williamson? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm wrong, okay, I'll eat the crow, but I don't I don't I just don't see this list. Like I like I looked at the first four or five and I was like, you know, this isn't bad. I'm cool if you want to go Giannis Kawhi, LeBron, Curry Harden. I'm not gonna yeah. fight you about that. That's totally cool. Anthony Davis, cool. I'm fine with that. I think I would have put Jokic over Embiid, but that's just Personal preference because of his passing and his shooting depends what kind of team you run, but I'm not going to fight you on either. Paul George yeah. at nine, oh, okay, let's. I, I guess he doesn't win any, you know, but you know, whatever. And Dame Lillard, I think should have been. I would have put Lillard over George, but then when you hit eleven with Jimmy Butler, it just kind of goes down. it's yeah. like it, it's coming very just out of left field. Like I don't know, man. Do you, do, would you still consider Mike Conley the 26th best player in the league? Hmm. Would you rather have Mike Conley or De'Aaron Fox?
2: Probably. I'd probably rather have youth, so I'd probably rather have Fox at this point.
1: Would you rather have Devin Booker or Mike Conley? Devin Booker. Like, I just. Would you rather have Mike Conley? Or Jamal Murray?
2: Uh, Murray.
1: Yeah, like Murray's 12 spots lower. And I'm not mad. I, I like Mike Conley. I think he's going to be a great addition to Utah. But I think he's going to look good because of the team. Like Utah, I think low-key could be that one team where everybody's projecting who's going to come away with the West. You know, Lakers, is it Clippers? Can Houston coexist? Are they going to be the ones to run it? Can Portland make that run again? is Denver good enough to do what they did last time? You know, I don't think anyone realizes that Utah is like, "Hey man, hold my beer. We're pretty good. Yeah. We're going to show yeah. you guys that we're I mean that dude they're, that starting five, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. That is a hell. That's pretty of a starting five. That's a
2: good Yeah.
1: And it's it's no ego. Like these are all guys who aren't Super super superstars, you know. There's some there's stars on that team. I think I think you could say Cool Bears is borderline superstar, but all those guys are gonna have something to prove, and and they low key might just suddenly sneak out and go, "Hey man, you know Golden State took that step back. We're gonna sneak in and be that new team." Yeah. And if they can click together, (laughs) they could
0: be. They'll be making some sweet
2: music.
1: (laughs) So I just. I wanted to go over that list with you. I just, I don't know, man. I I don't know how much I can agree on a lot of that, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I think Zach Levine might be so low just because of, like, his defensive deficiencies and his, like, um, just taking bad shots and being deficient on defense. I think that's why he might be so low, even though he probably is one of the more talented, like, offensive players in the NBA.
1: He averaged, like, 23 points a game. How is he the 90th best players?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Like, that's, I think that's what blows my mind so much, is, like, he, he, he was, like, doing, like, crazy good at the end there. He started showing yeah. that. You know, maybe he he should have been the one we should have kept. Maybe we should have. I, I I think we should have gave him Wiggins instead of him. I don't know if they would have took him, but I think it might have been better for us. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I I just little 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 crazy looking at some of these lists. Um, uh, this just this. this uh, I didn't realize this too. Uh, Mike Mike uh, the uh, San Francisco Giants outfielder playing in the same Fenway Park since Carl Uh Homer's in his first game. It's pretty tight. I'll take that.
2: It is tight. Kind
1: of a little little uh, feat. And same day, uh, the Bizios now the second father's son, do want to hit for the cycle. So we saw some, uh, some lineage come into play here <laughs> as we go. That's uh, tight. So let's kind of go over the NFL here. Um, you know, where do you want to start? Week two NFL. Where oh, do you want to man.
2: go? <laughs> do we have Do we have to start with the Vikings?
1: No, we can start. Where, you want to start with the Niners banging the Bengals, forty-one seventeen. <laughs> I mean, we can go there if you'd rather. Matt Breida putting how, up one twenty-one career high. How
2: about the the quarterback injuries?
1: Oh my gosh! Breeze out six weeks. Roethlisberger out for the year. Trevor Simeon out for the year. They're yeah. just dropping like flies. Oh, Sam Darnold still's got mono.
2: Sam Darnold's like said my body shut down like after the first
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, I, I can't believe how many injuries there are. Like this is, yeah. this is not normal. No. Oh, Nick Foles is out. Yep, Nick Foles. Welcome to the welcome to the Jaguars. <laughs> didn't didn't um oh, I felt like somebody else would I mean obviously the Andrew Luck retirement happened. Um Eli's getting benched now after two games. Yep. I don't know if that's the right move. Like is that is that just overdoing it? I don't know.
2: Oh, they're um, in tank mode, man. Like they're not gonna win many games. They might as well just see what they got in Jones honestly
1: I hope we um, I hope we get to see in the practice that one time
2: oh god
1: <laughs> you know this is also I think been the year of just like the breakout like Demarcus Robinson put up 172 and two touchdowns for the uh, for Kansas city, um, you know, another standout showing that Mahomes could be Aaron Rodgers, where he's just going to make everybody look good. Um, yeah. You, you look at, uh, Jacksonville almost beats the Texans behind Gardner Minshew. Oh, Minshew Ooh. played good.
2: Like he's played good. The first, he played pretty good the first game when he came in, he played good against the Texans. Like he's, he's looked decent.
1: Um, what about that cat on the on the the Redskins? Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but
2: McLaren, got, the receiver.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he's got yeah. multiple touchdowns in each game.
2: Yeah, like this, uh, this is kind Hollywood of Hollywood Brown. Start. Yep. Hollywood Brown's killing it.
1: Yep. I mean, t- Tyler Boyd and John Ross are making Andy Dalton look like a quarterback again. Yep. There is just some weird stuff going on in the NFL right now. Weird stuff. So yeah. I don't know. Like, let me ask you this: We're we're in a spot where I think we could see a first in the NFL. And I want to get your: If you had a bet in Vegas, what do you think is the more likely scenario? Patriots go sixteen and zero again, or the Dolphins go zero and sixteen, or both?
2: Dolphins go 0 16.
1: Do you think Do you think New England can is gonna pull this off? No. I know it's like, so early to say.
2: I don't I mean I don't think they will. Not saying that they can't, but I think it's easier to lose sixteen games than it is to win sixteen games. So, yeah.
1: Um, If you look at going back to last season, they held the Rams to three points, they held the Steelers to three, and the Dolphins to zero. So in the last three meaningful games, uh, they've only allowed six points. I know it's going over the course of two seasons, but, you know, just for the sake of throwing facts. And, like... Dude, this this is like the most cake thing I've ever witnessed. Like, okay, next week Patriots at home against the Jets. Can the Jets beat them? No. At Buffalo? No. At Washington? No. At home against the Giants? Hell no. At the Jets? After having 11 days off? No. They're going to be a th- they're Thursday against the Giants at home, and then they're uh, uh, the Monday night the following week. So, they get 11 days off. And, and they're at home against the Giants, and they just travel to the Jets, so they don't even have to go anywhere. And this is after playing in Washington, so they're almost in the same spot. Um, and, at, like, they, they don't move for, like, the next five weeks. Then they're at home against the Browns. Mm, maybe. You think the Browns might upset on the road? Okay, that's one. So, we have one maybe. Okay, here here might be the first test I could see, at Baltimore.
2: That's a very very good possibility, but the track record for Belichick and the Patriots when they play like like high powered offenses, they always seem to figure out how to shut them down. So that's true. That yeah, the Rams. That, three is, that is a game that that is a game that could be could be upset watch. But I just feel like games like that is when they usually always are like on their like top. Like they games that like that that they need to win and they're facing like a hot opponent coming in possibly and like a really talented team they usually always kinda of seem to play really well in those games.
1: Um then they have their bye week. Then they come back from the bye and go to, go to Philly.
2: Uh, I'm going to say probably not. But I'll say they'll win that one.
1: Then they're at home against the Cowboys.
2: That could be a. Cowboys could be an upset game. Okay,
1: so, that's, that so could, we got two road teams coming in. Then they're at Houston.
2: Uh, they'll win. I, I would say no.
1: I'm going to skip the next game. Then at Cincinnati.
2: I would go no again.
1: And then they close the season at home against the Bills and the Dolphins.
2: Nine
1: nine. So we have a a potential upset loss at home to Bolt or the Browns or the Cowboys. December eighth, the three twenty five game. Patriots at home against the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Oh man. God I don't want to keep picking home games for upsets. But that's a tough I, I game. I think they're. I think they're. I, that's a tough game. But I think their offense is just too good for the Chiefs' defense. And I think that. That I think that they would win that game just because they probably they would be able to out they would be able to outscore the Chiefs. If I was guessing so, on someone to get us like a big stop in that game, it would be New England getting, getting a big stop and the chiefs not being able to get the, get a big stop.
0: So you let get me what
1: pose I'm saying. A, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that. Cause that poses to the next question. You, you, you kind of said that, that Kansas city might be a literal, little vulnerable defensively with trying to, you know, actually stand up and be able to do something with, with that team. Um, I, I get that. I, I I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with it because they're, I mean, the defense struggled, you know, Oakland was doing a couple of things. Um, Rashad Breeland and Chavarius uh, Ward. Yeah. Kendall Fuller. They got Tyron Massey. They got Juan Thornhill. So I mean, not a lot of who's who for your, your secondary Reggie Ragland in the middle is kind of nice. Um, Alex Okafor in the end. So, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of issues that could happen, but what if they correct that issue? We saw Doug Marone get into a huge fight with Jalen Ramsey. What if they pull the Khalil Mack and they get Jalen Ramsey on the Chiefs?
2: That could be huge for them. Then that that would be uh that would be more of a you know, this could be that could be that could be a upset if that happens. But they I, need I
1: really more. think just like I said, I I was I, I said I really think A B goes to the Patriots. I think there's a good shot that Jalen Ramsey if he gets moved before the deadline he's he may go to Kansas City. I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean that they need they need a they need a D back and they will be in the market for one. I just I don't know what they would have to give up though.
1: I mean if you're the Chiefs I'd give up a first and a third. Why not? Yeah. You're getting, I mean, yeah, last year he got a little beat on a little bit, but it's also because they trusted him to kind of be Revis Island 2.0 and they just left him alone against top receivers where I don't care how good you are as a cornerback, you know, receivers are going to have a little bit of an advantage. It is what it is. But he's one of those guys where he could get burned a couple times and you don't worry about him and you still leave him out there. No, They I'm, lost like... to New England last year to go to the Super Bowl. They play him again December 8th. They may play him to go to the Super Bowl again. That's the weapon that I think they need to counteract New England. But go ahead with your point. Yeah.
2: Oh, no. Like, I was just going to say, like, I'm not saying if I'm the Chiefs, I wouldn't do what it takes to get them. But I'm just wondering, like, what what they what they would have to give up. Because, you know, first and first and second or first and third, like, what other player would they have to give up? To get him,
1: well, I mean, I guess it matters if they have the salary to absorb him. Then I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. He's still on rookie deal, is rookie deal, I believe. So I don't think. Oh, let me see, Kansas, those Kansas City Chiefs, uh, salary cap. So if we look at their salary cap, um, uh, let's go to overthecap.com. See what they have um, right now spent an inter-reserve pa- practice squad dead money. They have $16 million of dead money. Um, they have $22 million in cap space right now. So they could af- absorb them if they really yeah. wanted to. Um, if we were to pull up Jacksonville, um, Jalen Ramsey would be, what's his cap number? His cap number is only $7.4 million. So I mean they could bring him in and extend him. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think this is the move. If you, I mean, look at look at uh, I guess, here's here's the hard market. So let's let's look up Cleo Mack trade. Let's let's see what, what I can't remember everything they got in the trade. The Bears gave up a first first in 2019 and 2020, a third in 2020 and a 2019 sixth. Um. So a first and a sixth. This year, and a first, and a third next year. They they also got a second and a fifth with Mac. Mm. So two first, a third, and a sixth for a second, fifth, and Khalil Mac. But let's also look at the Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil right here. Um, Texans traded. Uh, they got they got Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills. They gave up. Of course, I got a pop up. Uh, let's see, two first round picks and a second rounder. So they gave up less and got, got Laramie Tunsil, which is, is a big need as, as a left tackle. So, I mean, the market, oh, I got a pop-up or something there. Um, I don't know, do you think Jalen Ramsey commands more more than Khalil Mack does trade value-wise?
2: Probably not,
1: especially, no. Especially after what happened with uh you know his supposed the supposed tussle with uh with the coach there. Yeah. Um
2: I don't think I don't think that would scare too many teams off. I don't think that would tank his value. I just don't think his value like as a player is quite as high as Max.
1: Um how much do you impact Mega Fitzpatrick getting a first rounder?
2: I was surprised that he got Ramsey. a first rounder. I mean like that's that, that's huge for the trade market for Jalen Ramsey cuz Fitzpatrick you know is is a good young player but he's definitely not not as good as Ramsey and he they were able to get a first for him like that definitely will help out Jacksonville to get more more for so Ramsey. You
1: boil it down, if you're Kansas City, what are you willing to give up for him? Like how much does he make that big of an impact that he could change your future for this season and maybe going forward? Like what is it worth to you?
2: Like a first and like maybe a second or a third. I don't know like what player we would have to throw in, but I don't know if I would give up a player like Damian Williams or Ty- Tyreek Hill or um, Tyron Matthew. I don't. I'd like. I don't know. I'd really have to really think about it, but I definitely would give up a couple of draft picks for him.
1: So apparently, one one NFC team has apparently offered a 2021st and a 2021 fifth. While one AFC team has offered a 2021st along with a player. Um, It looks like the Jaguars are asking for at least a first round, at least one. Doesn't say what the teams are.
2: Could that NFC team be... You know who?
1: The Minnesota Vikings? (laughs) Oh, man. Boy, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, here... Wow, apparently... uh, Apparently I'm already getting catfished or, um, or spammed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this broke one hour ago, NBC Jason Lacanfora, Confora. He's got a blue check Mark. So I trust him.
0: There is a yeah, strong is a good, uh, there you go. yeah, he's,
1: he's,
2: he's pretty, pretty, uh, in the know.
1: So, um, guys, just so you're aware, I, I haven't looked at the internet, uh, I just believe that everything we say comes into fruition. There is a strong sentiment among many NFL GMs that the chiefs will emerge as a primary suitor for Jalen Ramsey. They are all in to win. Now have embraced difficult players, have a big need at corner. Could their secondary hold up versus new England in January? What about with Ramsey? Apparently uh, I could predict the future or I, I knew that that was going to happen because, that's literally almost everything I just said. Tyreek Hill even retweeted it and says, at Jalen Ramsey, let's go. Wow. <laughs> well, I, uh, once again, I can promise you that I uh, did not know that that was happening. Uh, <laughs> I can swear to you that I did not know that that was a real thing. But it, it just—it's it, what makes the most sense to me. It's exactly what I thought about the Ant- uh, Antonio Brown thing. Um, Complex has an article up the five teams that make the most sense to trade for Jalen Ramsey: Philadelphia, yeah. Seattle, Dallas, New England, which would be disgusting, and then Kansas City number one.
0: That would be fair.
1: So I don't know, man. I'm I'm. I could, could, could Kansas City and Dallas maybe be the true, the two front runners then, if we've got one from each? Um, trying to see anything else. This, uh, this is this about an hour and a half ago on profootballrumors.com. Um, I'm trying to see, not to discuss. GMs are the way you think the Chiefs. That's, that's kind of what I, what I already mentioned. Um, Nothing really, nothing really. As another team, uh, just more about, obviously the Laramie Tunsil thing added up a value. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, apparently there's teams offering picks. Like I said, I think Kansas City's the front runner. I think they're going to come away with this. I really do. Wow. I just, it makes the most sense to me. If if your biggest counterpart is. The New England Patriots, and they acquired Antonio Brown, who, if he does, if he stays out of trouble and plays all year, could have a chance to be Randy Moss, you know, nine years ago or whatever that was, uh, 20, 2010 or whatever the hell that that year was, 2008 or whatever. I don't remember how old it was. Um, it was a while
2: ago. Let's go with that
1: you you need to have some sort of a counterpart. The, the biggest proprietor I can see to shutting down a guy like Antonio Brown in a big game like that is getting Jalen Ramsey. Yes. It's almost storybook-like.
2: Yeah. That would, so, be, that would be insane.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of cut up a couple of those teams here. I wanted to ask uh, Jordan how it feels losing to uh, the Colts um, as a Titans fan um, as Marcus Mariota, nineteen for twenty-eight, one hundred and fifty-four yards and a touchdown, was the top quarterback of that game, and uh, they they lost. So I, I hope he's not too. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, one hundred and forty-six, three touchdowns and a pick, he had a twenty-nine point one QBR.
2: Jacoby Brissett did.
1: Yeah, and they beat the Titans. <laughs> I wanted to ask Jordan if you remember the Titans after uh, when, when they rolled the Cowboys week one, how, uh, how it feels, going week two. Jeez, <laughs> and, and now they're on a short week and they got to play uh, Mr. A Gardner Minshew on Thursday. <laughs> Don't see what happens there. No, what were you going to ask me?
2: Oh, I was going to say, he must have had a really low, like, completion percentage because he had three touchdowns.
1: Uh seventeen for twenty-eight. Yeah,
2: that's pretty low.
1: Got sacked three times for twenty-five yards, and his passer rating was a ninety-five. Five point two yards per per uh, play, too. But hey, kudos to Jacoby Brissett, man. That that him and Jimmy Garoppolo have such a hard. Uh, like, all right, guys, have fun on your own now, like they have such a long way to go. And I feel bad for the guys, you know, we kind of talked about that on the phone the other day. Like you, you look like the, you know, the, 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 the high school quarterback and then a uh, captain of the team. And then you go to a, a bad team. Who's like, yeah, we need you. And then it's like, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when you're like, Hey, uh, where's Julian Edelman? And you get some guy cut to you go, hi, I'm Chester Rogers. Hey, I'm Jack Doyle. <laughs> you're like, Oh, okay, cool. I, hi, I'm Mo Alley Cox. I'm Dion. Mo Alley <laughs> like, Cox. Like, it's like, wait a minute. What about Naheem Hines? Yeah, I like Naheem Hines. I drafted him, too, and then I already cut him. He had two carries for nine yards. not good. Jordan Wilkins, five carries, 82 yards. Marlon Mack, 20 carries, only 51. Jordan Wilkins, having 16.4 yards a carry. Nice. Um, let's let's get into the the one you don't want to talk about. It's kind of the next on the list, to be honest with you. Packers defeat the Vikings in 21 twenty one sixteen. They were at a hot start in the first quarter, going up fourteen nothing. Then early twenty one nothing. Then they went up sixteen unanswered. But the Vikings just could not get the job done. Kirk Cousins fourteen for thirty two, two thirty and a touchdown, had two picks. And a couple overthrows into some really bad spots, like when he threw Rudolph, when he thought Rudolph was actually sitting in the third row of the end zone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that game was like I would (laughs) have I wouldn't have been so frustrated with it if we just got blown out, but
1: yeah, like especially since like cousins i felt like started coming on at the end of the half and then they came out of the tunnel in the second half and i don't even know like did he even complete a pass in the second half i don't know i mean i'm sure he did but theoretically it's like you know delvin cook 20 carries 154 and a touchdown i mean delvin was was going hard but you know and then we missed it we missed an extra point we missed a field goal that still would have made it a one point game you know what that call didn't happen on Delvin Cook with that, yeah. that block. Or the pass interference, whatever they called it, the hole, doesn't matter. You know, that would have that would have had the digs touchdown. <sighs> I mean that would have been an extra four point I mean, even with the digs touchdown with the missed field goal and the mixed extra point, we still lose. But then yeah. like the penalties, like just the penalties and penalties. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the offensive pass interference penalties. What do we get? Like four of those? It felt like. Oh my felt gosh! Like
1: like... uh, let me let me pull up their. Uh, let me pull up the stats here. Um, penalties, the New York or the the New York, the Green Bay Packers six six flags for thirty five yards. The Vikings eight flags for a hundred yards. Yeah. We, we had 100 penalty yards and four turnovers to their two. Had 15 the first downs to their 20. And, and, all, and still can't, they had more possession by nine or eight minutes over us. And then we have 420 yards total to their 335. So we put up 86 more yards than them, too. It's just, it's, man, it's just, we went four for 13 on third down. Um, I just, it's hard, man. That was such a hard loss. And like you said, if we would have got rolled by like 15, it might not have been such a bad loss.
0: Yeah,
2: man, this is, I mean, I guess one silver lining you can take out of it is that Bears Packers, and Vikings are probably a lot closer than everyone thought they were when they probably figured that the Bears would run away with the division this year, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's like a little silver lining, lining, I guess, is that all three three teams at the top kind of look to not quite be at where everyone thinks they're going to be.
1: And and let's like let's not forget too that you know we're tied for third place, second place, Detroit one zero and one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's gonna stand, but right now, I mean, Detroit's like, hey, don't forget about us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want I want to look at the spiking schedule, and I want to kind of just run down this and see where, you know, not not too much overthinking, but if we had to just give a quick rundown, what, what do you think here? going over these games at home against the Raiders, that W.
0: Yeah,
2: that should, that should be a W, but we didn't what lose, at, the, we didn't lose the Buffalo at home last year.
1: Oh yeah. We lost. we got shut out by Buffalo at home. Um, but I'm <laughs> with you. I, I, I think we can beat the Raiders. I think we come back. I think we do what we did to them. Like we played Atlanta. What do you think we do yeah. at soldier field? Is, are they, is Trubisky going to get overwhelmed to the point that he just blows the game?
2: Um, I think it's going to be a close game because of how bad Trubisky looked this year, but Kirk Cousins didn't look great against the Bears last year either, so it's probably going to come down to whose defense is better that game.
1: I'm assuming it'll be very similar to the Packer game week one. Yeah. Um, But, like, you know, one thing, thing and this kind of ties into something that I, I was actually kind of. I mentioned this to Jen, who's a diehard Bears fan, and she actually agreed with me on this. But you know, if, if Bradley Chubb doesn't get called for that late hit on on Trubisky, which I have no idea why in the hell that was even called a late hit, they don't oh, get in position bad. to kick that field goal. They lose. They lose to Denver, you know. So yeah. now they're zero two going into going into our game, and you know it's it's always more. I mean, it could be trouble. We don't know. But then next week, Monday Night Football, they're in Washington. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that's going to be like a cakewalk, but Washington's been playing a lot better than people think. So, yeah. you know, there, there's a chance that we could have had the Bears week four in Soldier Field 0-3. Um, but obviously it's not that way. So what do you think? Are we we, we walking out of Soldier Field 3-1, or are we going to stay at
2: 500-2-2? I'm going to base on what they did against the Bears last year, and they looked pretty bad against them last year, so I'm going to say that's an L. All
1: right, then we're at the Giants. Win. All right, that puts us over 500. Then we're at home against the Eagles.
2: That should be a win at home.
1: All right, at Detroit. Win. Then we go Thursday night at home against the Redskins.
2: That should be a win.
1: All right, so that puts us 6-2 and two at the midway point. Then we get the break because we played the Thursday night game. Then we're in Kansas City. Uh, I think I'm going to go L. Um, and then we go primetime Sunday night the next week at Dallas.
2: I think they can beat Dallas.
1: All right, that puts us at 7-3. and three. And then we're at home against Denver.
2: That should be a win.
1: That's eight at. Then the then we're we have the bye week, and then it's Monday night. We are at the Seahawks.
2: That'll probably be a loss.
1: Yeah. So that puts us. Um, what does that put us at? One. Two. Th- do you say a win at Dallas, or a loss? I said a win. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, that gives us eight wins. One, two, three. So eight and four. Okay. At home against Detroit. Win. At San Diego. Sunday night football.
2: That should be a win.
1: All right. And then at home against Green Bay on Monday night. Win. And then we close out the season at home against the Bears, which we did last year.
2: Probably... A loss.
1: So that's eleven and five. Yeah. I think that gets us not in the too, playoffs.
2: Yeah, not too homerish.
1: Yeah, I'm. There's a couple that scare me, but I mean, for the most part, until we see something completely unravel, I think we have a good chance of of salvaging this season. And you know, it's the, we're kind of like the, the Atlanta Falcons. Like the Atlanta Falcons in even years are always really good, and then in odd years they're trash. Like we're always seeming yeah. to be good in these like odd years. hmm Like every other year we're good. So after last year, I feel like alright, we can uh we can step forward and do something else here. Um any other week two takeaways that you have?
2: Um I just I saw some funny stuff on Facebook where people were like when the whole Jalen Ramsey thing came out like just man people are so dumb sometimes <laughs> like Oh well, yeah let's 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 trade Kirk Cousins for Jalen Ramsey Yeah I don't know
1: How Did Luke that work? said that too last night? Remember when he came yeah, how'd when How that, were... that works? It wouldn't. It wouldn't work like, at all.
2: Like, no Like like, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, like, track record is, like, terrible right now. He, many people feel like he makes way too much money, and he's coming off a pretty bad game, even though, like, the line wasn't the greatest. He still, you know, didn't do himself any favors with missing on throws and stuff, but, I mean, who... Who's, like, who's, Jacksonville has a young, decent quarterback. Why Like, why do they need Kirk Cousins? And then people are saying Xavier Rhodes. And it's like, Xavier Rhodes is clearly on the downside. He has a big contract. And they're just going to trade the best the best cornerback in the NFL for Xavier Rhodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could maybe see Rhodes in a first.
2: Yeah, maybe, but Rhodes is like...
1: Because then you you still get a cornerback to replace him, and you're getting a first-round pick, which you want anyway. I don't think, like, I think you could do better, but do you think Xavier Rhodes is worth a second-round draft pick?
2: No, I I don't think I would give up. I think, like, you need to start looking at, like, fourth, fifth, like, round. Okay, so he has dropped in
1: value. Okay, that's fair. Um...
2: Like I just and plus you think about the first round pick that you'd be getting, in return. Yeah. Like, like if 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 the Vikings were to add Jalen Ramsey to their defense, that would but, be
0: insane.
1: But if you're if you're trying to get a first round pick for him, wouldn't you rather get the Vikings' first round pick than Kansas City's?
2: I mean, like if it could go both ways though. I mean, I don't know, like. If I'm Jacksonville, I don't know if I'm trading Ramsey to like any teams that are going to really benefit from getting Ramsey, like that are going to be really good. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably trying to trade him to a team where I'm going to get like a first round pick that's not going to be like in the twenties.
1: Do you think there's any team that would even give something like that even up? With how valuable draft picks are, though, like I I almost think that you're going to be tied to getting a late pick. And if yeah. you're going to be tied to getting a late pick, would you rather try to get potentially the Super Bowl-winning Chiefs 32, like the 32nd pick and like a fifth rounder next year, or would you rather want the Vikings' potential 29th, like they lose the championship, along with Xavier Rhodes?
2: Yeah, I mean...
1: Like, I'm playing devil's advocate here for the Vikings. Oh, side. You know, the Vikings fan and yeah. I, you know?
2: I just, I don't think... I just don't think Rhodes has any trade value right now, or Kirk Cousins. And then another thing well, about Kirk Cousins too is like, if the Vikings are trade Kirk Cousins, who the fuck is gonna play quarterback for us?
1: Yeah, you'd, like, you'd, be, you'd be like that's the other thing is like I don't. You'd agree be because tank- I don't want Sean Mannion out there. No,
2: and you'd be you'd be essentially saying okay, we're probably pretty much tanking the season now.
1: Like you know, no, yeah, our, our
2: defense is gonna be amazing, but our offense is probably gonna be. Terrible.
1: The the only way I would do something like that is if you were going to tell me that, that Jalen Ramsey is going to sign a five-year extension with us along with with us giving him cousins. And then on top of it, you're also going to tell me right now that I'm going to get to that, that, you know, I, I I think, I think Justin Herbert could be good. I think Tua could be good, but I'm not doing it unless you're going to tell me Trevor Lawrence is in the, the draft. So, I yeah. essentially, I, I'll I'll give you Kirk Cousins and a first-round pick. Oh, no, I wouldn't even want to give up the first-rounder because we'd be tanking. Okay, I'll give you a 2021 first. Not, not next year's first. But I'll give you a 2021 first and Kirk Cousins if Jalen Ramsey signs with an extension and I know that, that Lawrence is leaving Clemson. That's the only way I would do that. Yeah. Because then that way I can come back with all my players signed with Jalen Ramsey under contract and then... We'd have Trevor Lawrence, who I, I like. I I think Herbert and I think Tua are going to be good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't think they're going to be bad draft picks, but the more and more I see of Trevor Lawrence, he is built like how you would make a creative player in Madden for a quarterback. You know what I mean? He's long. Yeah. He's he's like Peyton Manning, but with but with more wheels. With his he's just got that big length chest that you know I I would want him in my pocket like that's that's yeah. probably the only way I do it you know and if 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 you're going to tell me well you wouldn't get you wouldn't get Lawrence you might get Tua or Herbert okay well then you can have cousins in a third yeah but I'm not doing it and 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 that's that's me still saying that I would be happy getting Tua or Herbert I just the more and more I, I I see of Trevor Lawrence, I just I think he's going to be, I think he might be the mer- most sure quarterback coming in the league since Manning, and I I might wow. be way over the hill saying that, but I don't know, man. And maybe it's just because Dabo Sweeney's such a good coach, and yeah. you know we, we're seeing what what uh, Watson can do in the NFL, so like that you know that probably helps a little bit too. Um, and recent memory shows you know he beat Alabama. So we, we, when we're seeing them, you know, they, they should have been 2-0 and if, you know, the Texans blew that Saints game when they went prevent and gave Breeze enough time to just throw right in the center for a Watts 57-yarder. You know, yeah, why I, were they not playing closer?
2: Man, I, Close feel like, I, feel like
1: Watson,
2: I feel like Deshaun Watson's going to waste on that team.
1: Like, I think the team still could be good, though, man. I mean, look at their receiving core. I know he's not what he used to be, but I mean, can you can you give me a better leader for a locker room than J.J. Watt?
2: I can't think of one.
1: I mean, like I, I I agree that this team is not what a lot of people thought they were going to become. I like I I do agree with that, but I mean, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson are very serviceable in your backfield. Hopkins, Fuller, Kiki, Katee I mean Kenny Stills, like they got a lot of receivers. They they brought in Laramie Tunsil now to protect Deshaun Watson, so that was a clutch move.
2: Yeah, there's he's still taking a beating, man. Like I just mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like he's going like he's just he's taking a beating, unnecessary beating on that t- playing on that team, and it's not going to get him anywhere but a short career.
1: You know what I think is is going to be the downfall to Deshaun Watson is if you're like I I don't mind if you want to scramble. You know, we we've seen plenty of people do it. You know, Newton does it, or was doing it. You know, we see Rodgers do it time to time. Lamar Jackson obviously had 120 yards last week, but the difference is look at it, look at how much Lamar Jackson adapted to the difference between college and NFL. Watson needs to do that. Watson needs to realize the difference between being able to do a fake, fake handoff and just run like he did at Clemson. And then he's playing big guys. Like, you know, he, he's, he tried to do, you know, play actions where he was running and he's running at Yannick and Like, what are you like that? You're not thinking if you're doing that,
2: he still does take a lot of, like he gets hit in the pocket.
1: A lot he of does. So even when he and I think getting Chuntho helps. I mean, that's got to help a little yeah. bit when he figures out the system. But I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I agree with you. He's he's going to take an unnecessary beating. Um, it's hard, you know. Look what happened to Deshaun Watson. Reminds me a lot of Andrew Luck. You know, big guys can move, got a good arm, but they just got pounded. And I think that I think you're on the right track now. That the more I talk it out, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's just, yeah,
2: it's crazy watching him play because he's so good. Like, he just the like throws that he makes, like in crunch time, are just ridiculous.
1: It, and Houston's defense is still not bad. Whitney Mercelius is back there at linebacker with uh, Bernard uh, Bernardrick McKinney. They got Watt and Reader. Their secondary, albeit are getting up there in age, Jonathan Joseph, Deshaun Gibson, Bradley Roby, Justin Reed. So like you know, it, it's not perfect, but they have a pretty damn serviceable defense. Yeah. And their division is wide open now, with Jacksonville losing Foles, with the Colts losing Luck, and the Titans, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. They lost to Jacoby Brissett, who has not <laughs> been a great NFL quarterback. You know, sure. I think he's already, I mean, you know, I'd like to see him succeed, you know, post-Belichick post apocalypse, but Houston's got a great chance to get some easy wins and get to the playoffs unscathed a little bit. They just they can't yeah. play a team like Jacksonville and win by one point when Jacksonville and, and division games are harder. We all know that. You know we saw it with Washington and Philly week one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you can't make bonehead plays like did it. Bill O'Brien can't make plays like that against the Saints. If no. you're gonna lose, play the line and just let Breeze beat you. But don't don't go and prevent and let Breeze go. Oh cool. Here's a 15-yard pass, and now we're just taking a timeout, and we're going to win. Like, they yeah. should be 2-0 and going into San Diego on Sunday. And I think if that happens, I think a lot of people look at, look at it differently, going, man, Jags, 2-0, and man. They're, they're coming. They, gotta, they have a,
2: yeah.
1: a de- I, mean, I mean, look at the schedule. Titans, Buccaneers, Titans, Broncos. They do have the Patriots, Colts, Ravens, Jaguars, Raiders, Colts, Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, and then the Chiefs. They don't have a hard schedule. No, they don't. So they, you know, that's they. They gotta, they gotta take advantage of it. But I just, I, I don't know, man. It's it, like I said, it might be the Clemson pedigree that Dabo Sweeney has put out there. But I mean, I don't know how much you've watched, watched Clemson, but look at just look at the way Trevor Lawrence throws the ball. It's like, I mean, sometimes he gets that wingspan like Randall Cunningham, and you just you can't touch it. Like you can't yeah. get a hold of a ball like that. So I, did, I, I I I mean you got to give me some reassurance if I'm giving you if I'm giving you Kirk Cousins whether he's not doing good or not because
2: you're taking on our Kirk,
1: our guy yeah
2: who who are you going to who are we going to replace with <laughs> Kirk Cousins especially with the way our team is set up right now like we're not in rebuild mode right now mm. we have a pretty we have a pretty, really talented roster and. Like you need a you need a quarterback, and we just we don't have any other options right now besides Kirk Cousins. And as much as people want to think we do or say get rid of him, blah blah blah. Like
1: as frustrating he just, as he is, man, he's still not a bad quarterback. Like no, he he just I think he gets a bad rap on some of the stuff because of the this the. The the situations like this that have happened, but you know he really hasn't had a great team around him. You look at last season; dude threw thirty and thirty touchdowns, ten picks, over three thousand yards or four thousand yards or whatever. Like he he didn't have a bad year.
2: No. And uh like I've man, like I've seen people say they they would rather have sloter who isn't even oh, on the team anymore? They like we
0: should just cut our cousins and go with Kyle Slaughter
1: Like those are just man. Some of them fans are just so annoying.
2: I'm telling you, that's why I've got to gotta get. That's why I should get off Facebook.
1: Yeah, you, you need to you need to evacuate the premise from that man. You're gonna As you're gonna give do. yourself an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to find – I'm starting to think that I'm wrong and that Trevor Lawrence – yeah, Trevor Lawrence actually won't come out for two years, so he won't be in next year's draft.
2: He's not he's, – is he a sophomore?
1: Yeah. I thought he was – for some oh. reason I thought he was a junior. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at Walter football because and, and, they have two going three um to the dolphins next year. Yeah, 2021 mock drafts. Check this out. This is what do you what do you think of this situation if this happens? 2021 mock. Uh, again the draft order is random. But if the Packers, it says the Green Bay Packers pick number 1 in the mock, but the Packers could be drafting first overall if Aaron Rodgers gets injured prior to the beginning of the 2020 season. If so, they may do what the Colts did when they moved on. From Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, I would be so pissed if that really happened. <laughs> and it, I mean, right here it says Trevor Lawrence is the early favorite to be the number one pick. He has it all—that includes he's 215, a big arm, accuracy, and he has mobility to run. He's it, and like I said, dude, if if you're if you're like the marketing and you're the owner of a team like that, you take that dude's helmet off and you just throw him on a poster. And like blow wind yeah. behind his hair. You know what I mean? It's what, like I said, it's like mm-hmm. Jacob de You market that guy. That guy looks like I mean, God, if you're if you're making Friday Night Lights, like that's the guy you cast to be your quarterback. Yeah. You know, and, and he's always smiling and his teammates love him. Like Justin Ross, who they ironically they actually have going third to the Dolphins here. Um you know, all Justin Ross talks about is how great it is with Trevor Lawrence, and
0: like the players
1: love him. <laughs> so it's like that's <laughs> that's like the guy you want to have. They got they got yeah. Justin, they got the Lions with the number two pick, getting uh, Justin Fields. So they they got two quarterbacks in our division being pass, moved on from by twenty twenty one Rogers and Stafford. What's interesting. Yeah, but Denver then taking Patrick Sertain number two. A second yeah. <laughs> so poor I mean Matt it's a Stafford, lot of issues man. what's that
2: poor Matt Stafford
1: yeah I, that's, that's a guy, guy who like never did never
2: anything. had anything put well just never had anything put around him like they never like cool. tried to put a good offensive line around him they never tried to like give some kind of get some kind of semblance of having a running game like that dude like is the epitome of being in a football purgatory where you're just like, <laughs> you put up good, pretty good numbers and you play on a crap team where you put up pretty good numbers and people think you suck because your teams <laughs> don't win.
1: Well, and it's one of those things where he's in that, he's in that terrible situation where, you know, he doesn't cause no problems on his team. He's His teammates like him. <laughs> And it's just, you feel for a guy who's like genuinely enjoys playing the game. And you're like, well, sorry. It's like Philip Rivers. I feel so bad for Philip Rivers that he's never won anything. Because he's so good and he does everything yeah. right. And then it's just like, hey, man, we appreciate it. But uh, your team's booty hole and we're not going to help you. <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah. Hey, look, we got you a running back. Oh, he's going to hold out. Sorry, dude. <laughs> oh, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man then you get guys like Ben Roethlisberger who win multiple championships pisses me off to no way
2: multiple <laughs> championships and raping chicks
1: yeah he's the next uh, this is a baseball one that I, I kind of boy I'm glad I, I talked to myself or I, I didn't talk myself off the ledge but boy I'm glad the, the Dodgers didn't do what I wanted to I was so mad they didn't at the deadline they needed a left-handed bullpen reliever a guy who's cost controlled there's an all-star that Pittsburgh is waiting to trade Felipe Vasquez I'm going you sons of bitches I cannot believe you didn't trade for Felipe Vasquez and I get it Pittsburgh said we won't even talk to you unless Gavin Lux is in the deal and you know I've been praising that dude for months in AAA. Obviously not mm. trade lot, but you give him Kieber Ruiz since Will Smith is doing good. So you don't need Kieber Ruiz really throwing Dustin May, ginger guard himself. You know, maybe you take the risk for Felipe Vasquez and he gets you through the playoffs. Mm, I wish they would have done it. Turns out dude might be going to jail as he's been in a relationship with a girl since he, he was 26 two years ago. She was 13. She's now 15 Whoa. and he, 28 and they were still dating and there is electronic evidence of a very um, non-PC things that were found he's now being uh, tried in like an act like he's going to prison
0: whoa like
1: like I saw like
2: I saw the like the headline but I didn't really read into it and I didn't like it didn't name the player and I just didn't really see like Anything ab- anything, but, holy crap, that's insane.
1: Uh, Felipe Vasquez was arrested Tuesday in Pittsburgh and is being charged with multiple felonies in both Pennsylvania and Florida, including statutory sexual assault. Vasquez was initially charged with computer pornography, soliciting a child, and providing obscene material to minors by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. He was arraigned uh, Tuesday in, Phila- uh, in Pittsburgh and was denied bail with the judge saying uh, a judge saying she was told that additional charges were excep- uh, expected. Vasquez was subsequently charged in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania with three felonies. Felonies. Statutory of sexual assault against a minor 11 years or older, unlawful contact with a minor, and cr- a corruption of minors, as well as one misdemeanor, I- indecent assault of a person less than 16 years old. Says Vasquez in. Um, um, the FDLE issued a statement saying it began its investigation into Vasquez in August after obtaining information that he reportedly had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl in Lee County, Florida. The girl, now 15, allegedly was continuing to have a relationship with Vasquez via text messaging and received a video from him in July in which he was shown performing a sex act, according to police statement.
0: Jesus. What is wrong with people? Why are people so stupid?
1: Uh, he's been put on a ministry to leave by the MLB. Um but the MLB like it's it, they're just letting the police handle it. They're not even jumping in here. what,
2: what do we say to what do we say to Felipe Vasquez? Uh,
1: uh well I guess for the fact that uh
0: he's I'm going by guy. Guy. bye Felicia
1: <laughs> 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 We can definitely hit him with that. Um and I guess, you know, you get hit him with this bitch. Cut that bitch off! <laughs> I just, just. I wonder. You know, Andrew Friedman has come into this Dodgers organization, stopped overpaying people, started drafting well and building this farm system to the point that, you know, they're bringing up. They, they got three or four guys that they run up from AAA in like the summer that are going to make this postseason roster potentially and our starters daily. Like he's doing a incredible job and it's getting rid of a lot of the stink where they just buy all their players, you know, <laughs> no more Scott is coming in for $25 million full of crap. <laughs> Do you think there was a good chance that he and his team had hurt like heard something or were tipped off and that's why they didn't pull the trigger?
2: Possibly. I mean, a lot of people know, like, a lot of the GMs and guys in front offices, they have, like, people that are out there trying to dig up dirt on people or trying to find information that could be, like, detrimental to a team that's looking to, like, trade or sign for someone, so it's very possible.
1: Um... Vasquez, the Pirates closer is five and one with twenty eight saves, ninety strikeouts, and a one point six five ERA this season. He has a two time all star selection and is signed with the Pirates through twenty twenty one. Yeah, and yeah, Vasquez cause... was among the most sought-after players before the trade deadline, with multiple teams pursuing him. The Pirates held out for an enormous asking price, value in Vasquez and especially the four years of team control as one of the best assets in the entire baseball. Teams found the Pirates' demands exorbitant, and Vasquez remained with the, Pir- oh, with the Pirates. Man, <laughs> if you're if you're Pittsburgh, getting Keibert Reeves might look a lot better right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it, but I mean, yeah. you never know. One thing I heard too that was crazy. I don't think there's ever been a player in any sport where, in the middle of a season or near the end of a season, a guy who's a two two straight year All Star and arguably one of the best left handed relievers in all of all or you know one of the best players at their position in all sports had something like this happen where they may just suddenly go down to jail like. Mike Vick, I, I I can think of, but I don't think that was during the season, and that was when he was starting to come down anyway, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it was in the off season. Yeah, happened to Michael Vick, and I think yeah, I think like some of the magic might have been starting to wear off from him, but I mean, yeah, this is like pretty crazy. Like I can't I can't think of any anything or. Anyone who this is kind of come out. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was wasn't he like in the off season too, or
1: yeah, I don't think it was in the middle of like a run. I mean, a he, he was in the All Star game this year. Yeah, you know, I I know they're not incredible, but you know, I mean, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh two twenty one games under five hundred was not selling. It was kind of like the confusion I had with the White Sox the twenty one games under five hundred. God, they're 21 games under five hundred, twenty-eight 28 games behind the Twins, and they're in third place in our division. I didn't even <laughs> realize that. Kansas City's 37 and a half out, and the Tigers are 47 and a half out. Mm. Unbelievable. The
2: Tigers <laughs> are back to being terrible again. <laughs> Isn't it crazy, though, like how the Tigers and the – um. The Royals have had some had some success, and now they just like pretty much went back to where they were.
1: Mm-hmm. Royals kind of Miami Marlins that they made their run and then moved everybody. Marlins did it yeah. twice, which is even more which is even worse. Yeah. You know it's it's gonna be interesting going in. Like I said, we got you know we're looking at 11 games or so left in the season for a lot of these teams right now. Yankees. 99 wins, uh, Twins, 93 wins, Astros, 99. And it looks like Oakland and Tampa or Oakland and Cleveland will play for the wild card. Oakland, who doesn't tank, continuously tries, back up 91 wins again. I mean, it's crazy how Oakland continues to come through. Yeah. If you're the Twins right now, New York and Houston are both 99 and 53. Ten games left for each team. Denlin Batansas tears his Achilles today. It looks like for the Yankees. Who do you want in the first round? Do you want New York or do you want Houston? Like I don't know if there's a right answer.
2: I think if I want anyone, it's I want New York because I want like I want to get over like I want to hope to get over the the New York Yankee stigma that this team has and like I think I welcome it like bring them on let's do this let's finally beat these assholes and get rid of this thought that we can't play with the Yankees for some reason you I think that's mean? the
1: right call yeah i i think it's look if they're going to knock us out let's just let's just take them on right away let's just get it over with yeah you know i i am i know how good our hitting is you know we're the most homers in the history of the AL. Uh, Sano hit a 482 foot bomb today. Twins became the first team in MLB history to have a, have five players with at least 30 homers in a season.
0: They lost.
1: I so. mean, uh, no, we won nine, eight, and twelve.
2: Oh, we did actually win. Okay. <laughs>
1: yep. I was like, yep. we came back and won the game. So I mean, you know, we have we have bats like this team's never been a bats team. We've been all right. We have pretty decent pitching, but we're going to hit you to death. This team is bombing things.
2: Yeah, if we're gonna go in That's there, why,
1: give us those I'm bronze so bombers that you
2: said. Yeah, let's just let's do it. Let's get, let's like let's prove everyone wrong and let's go go to Yankee Stadium and actually play like well because they just they have a bad history of just playing the Yankees overall. There's like this weird stigma that just comes with the Twins playing against the Yankees, where the Yankees just dominate them and
1: here's one thing that kind of has has me excited and i, I this is this sounds bad but i mean Batonsis gets hurt that helps our chances because they lose one of their best relievers not that i want to see anyone get hurt but that helps you know new york's 54 and 22 at home we're 50 and 25 on the road we're actually 43 yeah. and 33 at home we're better on the road I want to just go in there and do it. Let's just go. Yeah. Because as as much as it would like, you know, okay, well, we could play the Astros and avoid it. Look, Astros are 50, 57 and twenty at home. They're they're thirty seven games over five hundred at home, and they I believe they have the top three pitchers in in WHIP in the entire league with Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Grinke. I understand we have the great hitting, but Houston has really good hitting too. Maybe not as good as the Yankees or us. But they're pitching but I don't care how good our batting is is going to be a problem. Especially in the playoffs. They can still hit the ball. They can still hit the ball. Yeah, I mean Alex Bregman probably gonna be the runner up to Trout for MVP, Correa and and El Tuve. But if you have good pitching, it's just like getting a hot goalie in the NHL playoffs. It makes all the difference. And they have they they could they have three number ones that we'd see back to back to back.
2: Yeah. That's that's I'd rather
1: I'd rather go at the Yankees head 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 first. 'Cause what happens? What happens if some reason this hot ass athletics teams, team gets in and they manage to upset the division rival Astros themselves, and now we're now we're going into the ALCS with home field against the Astros. We we got a shot to make the whole World Series then. Yeah. If that wild card team can take out, because I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. As much as I praise the Dodgers, I'm, the Astros scare me half to death because of that pitching.
2: Yeah, they like their overall team is. They probably have the best like balance of pitching and hitting in the majors.
1: And like you know, I I could probably take Astros and Dodgers line up their their rosters and make make a, a valid enough point to prove that I think that the Dodgers are better. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to overvalue the Dodgers. I don't want to sound like a homer, and I don't want to be disappointed if they lose. You know, so I'm, you know, if they're number two, I'll take it. But man, yeah. if you can, have, if Houston could get upset and we could beat the Yankees, I mean, we're riding the momentum we've never had before, and I think we would just outpower the Rays or the Athletics no problem. Yeah. Um, you know, NL side, I still think it's the Dodgers. World Series to not make. I think Atlanta could be a problem. Houston is surging. Anthony Rendon might win the MVP if he's going to keep playing like this. He's batting three thirty-three, I believe, right now. The only team, if I'm the Dodgers, I just don't want to see the Cardinals. They always beat the Dodgers. I would love it if the Brewers could somehow manage to sneak in and they could play the Brewers without Yelich. That would be the way I want yeah. to go. But I think, I think the two series I want to see for the World Series... Or there's, I have three. There's three that I would like to see um, because of how fun they would be. Obviously, I would love to see a Twins Dodgers World Series, but I mean, there's a chance it could happen. But I think a Twin, or I think a Dodgers Astros rematch from two years ago, because that was one of the best World Series. I think that's the second best World Series I've ever seen in my life. I
0: would yeah, love
1: to would watch it fun. again. I this think Yankees Dodgers, is. just because of what the franchises are, would be tremendous. Yeah. But I think in a rematch of the best World Series I've ever seen in my life, a Twins Braves World Series. That's the only way I would be happy with the Dodgers. If the Dodgers didn't make it a Twins Braves rematch, I would be happy with.
2: That would be hilarious. That'd I mean, 5-1 so cool. run
1: games in 91, the 10-inning Jack Morris shutout complete game. I mean, Kirby Puckett getting the catch in the homer in, in game six when they're down three games to two after Mark Lemke finished us off in game four and five or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I would love to see Twins Braves otherwise.
2: Yeah, that would be really sick.
1: <laughs> you know, the two worst, the, the last place to first place teams, I mean, it, it, it was just incredible that that year. Yeah. But,
2: but the first time the Twins played the Braves in the World Series, the Twins team probably was, like, I think from what I heard, like the worst team to ever win a World Series.
1: Yeah, we had, like, I think we had 106 losses in 1990 the Reds one, Yeah. And then we can't... I mean, and, and the Braves were not much better in 1990 either. No. Which is... I should see... if I'm going to Google that. 1990 MLB standings. Let me see here. Um, Alright. So we have extended standings here. The, the Twins were 29 games out of first place in the American League West and in the uh, National League West, the Braves were 26 games away from 500, or away from the division. So the two worst teams in in each league. Jeez. Do you remember the two, four, six? Do you remember the six other teams in our division in the American League West?
2: No, that was way too long ago.
1: Athletics, White Sox, Rangers. Angels, Mariners, Royals. Wow. Yeah, that's funny. I wonder if I can find expanded of the actual. Um, yeah, here we go. Twins were 74 and 88, and the Braves were 65 and
0: 97. Jesus.
1: Yeah, the only team worse was the New York Yankees than us. Like, in the league, because the Yankees were sixty-seven and ninety-five.
0: Wow,
2: and I think like statistically too, like the Twins that you were like one of the worst teams like to ever make it like or ever <laughs> win a World Series like st- statistically.
1: Uh, Nineteen ninety-one, the Twins go ninety-five and sixty-seven, the best record in the entire or in the in the entire AL. Braves go ninety-four and sixty-eight with the third best record. The Pirates were ninety-eight and sixty-four that year. Best team in the league. <laughs> so they go from the second and the first and second worst teams in the entire league to the second and third. That's just incredible. The amount. That of is incredible. That was. Man, that's wild. Um, so what do you what do you got? What do you? Who, what's your World Series?
2: My World Series is probably going to be the Dodgers versus the Astros
1: what what do you what's what's the what's the series
2: i think it goes to the game seven the dodgers winning game seven
1: <laughs> i was i was ready to cue this up you do not want to make an enemy out of me <laughs> no was that you in the middle of that, that Laughter or is there actually somebody that laughs In the studio with him I want to hear this again
0: You do not want to make an mm-hmm. enemy Out of me
1: Oh somebody else mm-hmm. I get it I was like I, I get it yeah. Elijah <laughs> <laughs> I got um, you man Before we close out with some uh, some Boxing talk here Um where the hell did that go? Because I got to just do it anyway.
0: Uber facts: the most unimportant things you'll never need to know.
1: We're doing the first ever one-man Uber fact, damn it! Because I want to do this, and I may come on next week if you guys are running the show and just pop on and give Jordan the same one. But I'm going to ask you the Uber Facts for the week. For those of you who don't know, Uber facts—it's uh, hilarious. It's it's exactly what it says. It's the most unimportant things you'll ever want to know. The object of this game, shout out to uh, John Ireland, uh, where where this was originated years and years ago, and we've been using this since probably 2016. I will give you four facts. One of the facts is made up or not correct and, and altered in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to give you four facts, Elijah. Are you ready for the first fact? Sure four four six six eight eight ten ten twelve twelve and the last day of February all occur on the same day of the week every year because of the doomsday rule. Okay.
2: The Doomsday?
1: Doomsday Doomsday, D O M Number two Sean Ben and Peter Dinklage auditioned for their roles on Game of Thrones together as the two are great friends so they could do a scene together. Ironically, the two did not play in the same scene together until Ned Stark was executed. Mm Okay. Number three, sloppy handwriting by doctors are responsible for over 7,000 deaths every year. And number four, a Mc1035 is a secret item on the McDonald's menu. It's served exactly at ten thirty five each day, if asked for. It's an egg McMuffin combined with a McDouble.
2: I'm gonna have to say the doomsday thing is the the one that's not a fact.
1: So you were smart to stay away from the sloppy hand running run. That is a true fact, so you're you're good there. You are also smart to stay away from the Mick, Mick 1035 as that is one of the magical secret items on the McDonald's board. So that means Alex. I mean, Elijah. Why did I say Alex? I looked at a screen uh, that, that said Alex on it, and I oh, stopped reading what I was doing. I apologize. Usually it's Isaiah, I'd say. Um, there's two facts left. And I got you, good sir. It is the Game of Thrones one.
2: Oh, man.
1: Now, it is true that they did not play in the same scene together, I believe, until Ned Stark was executed. If you think about it, when they went to Winterfell, he was in the uh, the the ladies' room, if you want to call it that, or the, the activities room with the women, uh, Peter Dinklage was. So they were never yes. actually in that scene together, so that was correct. Um the reason this is not real sir is Sean Ben and Peter Dinklage did not have to audition for Game of Thrones they were explicitly sought after to play Ned Stark and Tyrion Lannister two roles that were created for the two characters Dang So when when they decided to turn this into an actual TV show they said we have to have those two play these two characters Yeah so I threw the curveball in there with the with the real fact. Mm. We're starting off the new year with the victory, right, ladies and gentlemen. You, but you were close, though. You were close. You 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 were in the last two. I will give you that. Uh, I'm very excited to hit some other people up with that one. Um, got about twenty twenty five minutes left bitter. up on the show here.
2: What's that? I'm bitter. Bitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like I said, it's um. You know, they didn't play in the same same scene together. If that's what you were, if that's where you were going off of, because
2: yeah, that's where I was going off of.
1: Because they were they were, they were in Winterfell, but they were not together.
2: <laughs> you want to hear? You want to hear another uh, kind of interesting fact?
1: Yeah, drop it on me.
2: Did you know? So, did you know Bronn and Cersei, like the real life actors, dated? in real life. And if you notice, really? and if you notice, they're never in any scenes together when they probably should be.
1: <laughs> what do they got? Most of why? They not like each other?
2: They don't like each other. That's why they're never in scenes together. Or why you never uh, see them in scenes
1: together. Uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. They like,
2: yeah, they really dislike each other.
1: <laughs> Was that because of... uh of uh, how bad Cersei was when she played the main villain in *Judge Dredd*.
2: Who knows? Maybe.
1: And she was like a crackhead. <laughs> I'm yep. just um, we kind of touched on some of this stuff here. Um, obviously boxing talk. I think I want to turn a lot of this over to you here. I have a the schedule pulled up here where we can kind of preview some fights, but. You know, as as not having standing eight count going the, the last few bit, um, just kind of taking 2019 as a whole, Elijah. You know, we're we're a third of the we had a fourth of the way left of it. We're three fourths in. Just what's your thoughts, man? Like, how has 2019 gone? What's been your your highs, your lows? What's some good fights people should see? Like, how do you feel, so how do you feel about this year in boxing?
2: This year's been an interesting year in boxing. I mean, one of the big things you have to look to is Andrew, Andy Ruiz upsetting Anthony Joshua. That's probably got to be the biggest story in boxing and one of the coolest things to happen in boxing in a long time. You know, that's that's a, uh, that's a top one. Um, Manny Pacquiao... Still winning fights. Still, uh... Still in the mix. Still beating up on the young on the young guys who, uh, think they're gonna beat him. Um... Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, that was another really good one.
1: Oh, man. God, that had everything you could have asked for. <laughs> like, like, the drama. One, <laughs> I mean...
2: The heavyweights, man, they are, uh... They're like I think the popularity for the heavyweights is starting to... this has been like one of the best years for heavyweights in a long time in my opinion
1: i I think you're i mean I think you're hundred percent right with that, you know obviously I want you to keep going here in this, with with this, but if you look at um like just look at look at the look at the opposition with with everybody we've had and the fights we've had and. You know, you mentioned the Wilder Fury thing, obviously. Um, I know it was last year, but this was one of the things that really started kind of speeding a lot of this up, too. I mean, look at that King Kong fight with Wilder. Yeah. That was a fight that made people go, well, holy crap. And then, and then, like, right before that, too, because I believe this was the end of 2017. Or, well, I take that back. When was Klitschko Joshua?
2: A couple of years ago now, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I remember, I, I thought I watched that when I was at doing uh, all those kill switch shows. And I'm trying to remember if that's when I watched it. Um, I think so. Klitsch, yeah, Klitschko was April of 2017, so that's what I thought. So we, that kind of really started sparking it, and then we got the stuff with Wilder, and then we got how much we really are getting into a guy like, like King Kong, um you know, we, we you got Usyk moving up, um, Tyson Fury, yeah, who's been a who's been like a, a bad good thing. Like after the the Tyson Fury Klitschko fight, I was like, I never want to see this guy fight again. And then yeah. he, and then he kind of hangs around and is actually kind of been an enjoyable. And he had a great fight with with Wilder, and I think what really helped that fight sell that fight, and and this is where these guys. I mean, whether it was intentional or not, if this was business, I don't hate it. I I get it. But if, I mean, this could be exactly what it was, but that Wilder Fury post fight was exactly what you want when two guys go to war and they get in the middle of the ring and they're high-fiving and they're like, let's do it again. And people are cheering and they're like, you want it again? We're going to give you, screw Anthony Joshua. He doesn't want to fight no one. Let's fight each other again and do this. And I mean, and people are watching this. Like I remember, you know, I, I can't remember if you were here. For, were you here for that fight or not? No, I know Jordan. I, was,
2: was. I watched it. I watched it at my house. I think.
1: And but like when when they're like high fiving and hugging ten minutes into the interview, and they're gonna fight again, we're all sitting down in my basement here, like hell yeah, I want to see this again, yeah, you know. It's, yeah. And it, and it helped spark it even more. And like you said, the Ruiz thing. You know, I mean this this was. This was Canelo. Rockman Rockman, Canelo Lennox fight. level. This was yeah. this was uh, uh, Buster Douglas Tyson level in a way. Like this, this helped reshape boxing. And for once, Ruiz is actually getting to kind of control a couple things. Like he's going, "Oh hell no, man! I got the belts. You're the supermodel who, who didn't take it seriously." And now it's coming yeah. out that Joshua's cornerman admitted that Joshua had a concussion and kept letting him fight.
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember. I said something about that, like, kind of after the fight that they yeah, said that he did was that like. First
1: punch and you were like, dude, yeah. he's not well.
2: Yeah, and I mean, just even like his demeanor, like walking to the ring and stuff. But it came out right after the fight that he had just suffered a concussion, like in uh, in sparring. Like he got like just, I guess, knocked out cold in sparring and had a concussion and probably shouldn't have even been fighting that night, but, I mean, can't can't take anything away from Ruiz because yep. Joshua was still formidable, obviously, because he, like, knocked Ruiz down himself and hurt him and stuff, so.
1: And that's but, the one good thing, too, that I like, is most times in a situation like that, people would just kind of, Shoe and your wheeze off as like, a, eh, it was what it was. But, like, he – people are like, dude, I mean, he fought the guy that you could argue was the number one, and he yeah. handled him, you know, regardless I mean, of he, any kind of a situation or outcome. He did his job, and he did it well.
2: Yeah, and it looked like early on that Joshua was going to rout him. hmm So
1: he, – He did something that only uh, Vladimir Klitschko did. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing we talked about where if Klitschko was five years younger, that fight might have had a different outcome. Anthony Joshua looks like he's chiseled out of, like, Greek stone. Yeah. And people are intimidated by that reach and that, you know, he was like when he had to fight Holyfield and the Sega Genesis game where his arm went halfway across the screen and you, there was nothing you could do to stop it because it was 2D. So you couldn't fight yeah. that. You're just like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. And Ruiz fought through it and just went went at him. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, he, he saw Klitschko do it and, you know, Klitschko was great as he was. We always talk about how great he was. You know, you, you get to that point in your age where you just can't do it anymore and Joshua took him to the later rounds just like he needed to do it. He won the fight. And Ruiz took that same approach Klitschko did and he won. And it, yeah. it's one of those things where maybe he figured out how you expose Joshua. I mean Wilder's been showing how you expose him. The problem is you just can't. If he hits you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. So we're seeing these heavyweights that are so good are starting to have a, have a have a dink in the armor, and it's just making these fights better because now there's so many more people that can fight. You know, they're, they're trying to get Dillian White and a uh, uh, Hunter Povetkin fight on the Joshua Ruiz undercard just to showcase more like. I mean, you know, not to keep ranting about it, and I'm, I'm done now just so you can get to the Canelo part, but, you know, this heavyweight division in the last two, you know, two-plus two, two plus years, but especially recently, has done a great thing for boxing. It's talked mm-hmm. about. It's on ESPN. People talk about this stuff on Center more than normal. And now we're getting to see sports centers running things about Vitaly uh, or uh, Vasiliy Lomachenko all the time and stuff like that now. And, you know, it's kind of what we were hoping the PBC was going to do. And it still yeah. kind of did. You know, Dazone comes in and we finally stop bashing Eddie Hearn because he's given us super fights. It's just his method was a little annoying at first. But these heavyweights are what you want to see. You know, it's, people want to see the heavyweight fights like as great as it was watching, you know, a Diaz McGregor fight, how much that sells and how much, you know, um, you know, things like that. I I can't think of any more good examples off the top of my head, but when, when it was Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez, people were like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people want that big boy fight and boxing is giving it to us. And it's, and it's not just big fat guys. Like it's better just throw their bombs. It's, it's technical fighters. You know, I mean, Tyson Fury shocked me with how technical he looked against, uh, Deontay Wilder in that fight, but yeah, not not to take your floor. I apologize, but man, I I love talking boxing with you. And you, you hit such a great point, bringing up the heavyweights with this last year that I was like, man, we got to dig into it. But you know, you were heading towards Canelo. What what else you got here?
2: I was going to say Canelo, like probably, probably going to be fighter of the year. Um, he's fighting everyone. And now he's moving up to fight uh, <sighs> Kovalev, which is pretty fucking awesome if you ask me. Like especially the fact that he's like moving up to fight him.
0: Two
1: weight class.
2: Yeah, and you know me, I'm not like a huge Canelo fan, but I gotta start giving the guys props, man. He's like He's doing his thing, you know. So then there's just other fights yep. I'm looking forward to, like uh, Pro Taylor Taylor's going to be good. Uh, um, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, um, God, why are there's other ones? I just they're on the tip of my tongue.
1: Um, I mean, we can we can run through that list here in a little bit.
2: Yeah. But it just, I don't know, it feel, I feel like the heavyweight thing is, like, just a big story in boxing this year. And it's just, it hasn't been this good in a long time. I mean, I'm even excited for the Wilder Ortiz rematch. I'm pretty excited for that. What? That should be a really good fight. And, like, Ortiz is kind of like the forgotten guy out of the bunch. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's getting, he's getting a fury coming up here. Yeah. You know, he gets his rematch and that fight was, was inc- like that. We 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 were saying that that might've been the 20, the 2018 fight of the year. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, that fight was incredible. Um, you know, I, 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 lo- I like the call or the, uh, the, um, the Canelo talk, um, you know, just looking at a lot of this stuff with this, and I, I know a lot of people always said, you know, well, you know, Canelo's got to fight the guys and stuff, but if you look at his last 17 fights, and I started at 17, um, this is over the course of eight years. So over eight years, he's had 17 fights. Um, or it will, it will be 18, excuse me. The Coppola fight is in the same eight-year span. So, I mean, think, think of this in the last eight years. Give me your opinion here. If maybe, if maybe this is this is something where maybe we kind of didn't give as much props as we could have. But so so in the last eight years, this there's you figure there's one loss and one draw on this entire resume. But listen to this resume for Canelo Alvarez, Kermit Cintron, and that's why I started there because of Kermit Cintron, but uh, which he knocked out in the fifth round, TKO. Kermit Cintron, Shane Mosley, Josephito Lopez, Austin Trout, Floyd Mayweather, Alfredo Angulo, Erzlani Lara, James Kirkland, Miguel Cotto, Amir Khan, Liam Smith, uh, Chavez Jr., Triple G twice, Rocky Fielding, Danny Jacobs, Sergey Kovalev. That's a hell of a resume for eight years. Yeah. And you got one loss and one draw in those fights.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: it's... like he, We uh, always gave
1: him a bad rap because of Golden Boy. And and we always felt, oh, he's not fighting Triple G. And that was part of, I th- always think, the beat. Well, and, he's not I mean, like, I, I,
2: felt, I felt like he lost the first Triple G fight. Second mm-hmm. fight was was a lot closer. Like, could be a draw. Triple G could have barely won. Canelo could have barely won. Um I felt I had, like he I lost.
1: I draw for Triple G. I, I, I had to win the first draw second.
2: Yeah. And Lara, like I thought he lost that fight. And um some fights he just didn't look super great in, but I mean he hasn't looked he's hasn't looked like bad lately. You know, and I don't know, he's just he's kinda growing on me.
1: You know what I think helps is we're not getting as much of the BS, and it's just kind of like, here you go, man. Just let's watch this fight. Yeah. And I I think the the two Golovkin fights helped it because then we saw like, you know, he goes and fights Rocky Fielding, goes up to one sixty eight, beats him. You know, whether you know whether we think that you know that he's you know, it was anything special at all. You know, regardless, he went up one of the weight class, won a title. Um, and this was this was you look, you know, three fights before this, he was fighting at one fifty four. And you know, when he fought Liam Smith. He fought at one fifty four, I believe, against Chavez Junior. And then he moved up to Golovkin as the two fights. Moves up again to fielding. Moves back down to one sixty to fight Jacobs. And now it's going back up two weight classes. So like, I respect the jump. You, you know, you're going 154, 160, 160, 168, 160, 175 for your last six fights. That's a yeah. good jump. You know, but, it, you know, to be, to be fair, too, it's like he's, he, it just, it feels different with him than it used to. And mm-hmm. I think the big turnaround for me, and I know, I know the knockout is what, what's the really impressive part about it, but I think that James Kirkland fight was the the real wake up when he knocked out Kirkland, and it was one of the nastiest counter punches you'll ever see in boxing. And you know, four years ago, James Kirkland was still a formidable opponent.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: he he beats him, then he you know then he beats Cotto, KOs Khan, KOs Leon Smith. Doesn't KO, but enjoyably beats the shit out of Chavez Jr., which was fantastic. Gets your draw with Triple G, beats Triple G, first guy to do it, which he gets credit for. Smashes Rocky Fielding at a higher... Moves up in weight and KOs the champ. Moves back down and does a better job than Triple G or anybody ever did against a guy like Danny Jacobs, who is a hell of a good fighter. And as I've said to you... It's just in the unfortunate spot where he's the number three between two of the greatest middleweights ever. You know, when you, yeah. it, it's all said and done, you, you you know, you look 15 years from now, people are going to talk about Triple G and Canelo as two of the best at 160. Jacobs was just unfortunately behind the two of those.
2: I, wonder, I now, wonder what would happen, too, if Jacobs never got cancer and didn't have to, like, take a ton of time off. Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, how much better he would be. If that would have never happened,
1: well, and we like we said too, he, he, I wonder if it would have been a better career choice if he fought at one sixty eight, because he's yeah. always been, you know. So it's not like yeah. that pounds would be that big of an issue. I mean, remember Triple G showed up; he came came into the fight at like one eighty one or whatever.
2: Yeah, he was he's huge.
1: <laughs> so you know, maybe one sixty eight, since that's just that's one of those odd weight classes, kind of like cruiser weight. Where yeah. you know you had a guy like Roy Jones who could do so much damage because there wasn't a ton of people if you wanted to go into that route.
2: Then you he never have to him. like look at his look at him like having to like, oh I gotta restrict how how much how much I can weigh and how big I can be, you know what I mean? because like, mm-hmm. you gotta think. Like that's probably hard work for him to be able to Get to the fighting weight for 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 um, that weight class, and then I mean, even Canelo is like, "Hey man, you can only come in at this weight. You can't come in weighing like you did against Triple G."
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, look at at, um, I mean, uh, like, let's let's look at. I don't know how far back do you want to go? Twenty? Do you want okay? Let's look after. Carl Frotch. So, Car- Carl Carl Frotch retired May 8th, 2015, right? hmm So that was, that's, that would have been a, I think, I think Frotch, as much as I clowned Frotch, I think he might have gave Jacob some problem. I think he was a good oh, fighter. Yeah. I, just, I just, just didn't like him, and I, I shouldn't say didn't like him, but I clowned him on Twitter, and he clowned me back, and I, I just had that, oh, I want to watch Frotch lose now, even though I thought it was funny. Yeah. But, you know, we go down the list of these next champions. So we'll say May 9th, twenty fifteen. Um, Fedor Shudinov. I don't think Jacobs would have a problem with him. No. Giovanni D. Careless. I don't even know who the hell that is. Neither do I. Uh, Felix Sturm? I Don't think Stern would have. He would have a problem with Stern. Uh, Tyrone Zugi. Zug? Whatever. Who? George Groves.
2: George probably Groves not. would probably be a good fight.
1: But I I, I yeah, I, I shouldn't say probably not. But I think he could beat Groves. I think he beats yeah. Groves. Uh, what about Rocky Fielding?
2: Yeah, he beats Rocky Fielding.
1: So those have been all the champions and then Groves re won the title. So those have been all the champions since then. Since since Brock retired.
2: Yeah, I mean, not a not a, like, real formidable, terrifying Definitely
1: list, I guess. <laughs> I mean, compared to 160. Let's, let, let me let me just grab one other one because it's the, the green belt and Suleiman would probably hate our show if we didn't say it. Let's look at the WBC title. Let's, um, you know, and I'm kind of going after the Frotch, frotch in 2010, Ward had it in 2011. Um, Let's look at the one, two, three, four, five. Let's look at the last five champions, okay?
0: Okay. Saki
1: Omika.
2: I think he could beat him.
1: Anthony Durrell. That would
0: be a tough fight, though.
2: He could beat Anthony Durrell.
1: Or Badu Jack.
2: He could probably beat Badu Jack.
1: David Benavidez.
2: Ooh, that would be a tough one.
1: Yeah. October 8th or October 3rd, Benavides was stripped of the title after testing positive for cocaine and was named champion in recess. So he's not the champion after that one. <laughs> um, uh, and then the guy who won the title in Minneapolis at the show I was with Jordan in February with, uh, Anthony Durrell, again, which we he already said he did.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like, I. I think I think 168 would have been the play, and I I I applaud him for staying where he was and making the fights. You know, he he's yeah, a fantastic fighter.
2: Now he's moving I, up though. He's fighting. He's gonna fight Chavez Jr. probably.
1: Oh, I ho- I I will pay 50 bucks on pay per view for that shit. I'd pay 70 for that. <laughs> I will go on eBay and buy a. Danny. No, I already have a Danny Jacobs autographed glove? Don't I?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. I bought I bought that one. I think I bought the Quillin one. Yeah, hell yeah! I'll be the guy waving my my Jacobs glove storm in my living room, watching the violence <laughs> ensue. Can you tell me who was the first WBC middleweight champion?
2: Uh.
1: Yeah. It, I don't it think was so. not Carlos Monzon. Pepino Cuevas. Uh, he never or the first ever champion. Um, oh, what color? What? What? Uh, he was from Nigeria. His name was Dick Tiger. Dick Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Dick Tiger. Dick Tiger, two-time uh, champion. Dick Tiger uh, won it and then lost it to Joey Giardello. Um, and then he won. Dick Tiger won it back before losing it to Emil Griffin from Virgin Islands. Then it went to Nino. Benavunetti, uh, and then Carlos Manzan, who held it for uh, 1,190 days with nine title defenders. Wow. That's insane. Sa- third longest champion behind uh, b and Marvin Hagler, who held it from 1980 to 1987.
0: Jeez. That's, that is a long-ass run with
1: that title. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said, boxing schedule coming up here. I mean, we got a ton of good stuff this weekend, the 21st, uh, Peter Cohen and Alfredo Angulo, Chris Colbert, Miguel Beltran, Jr. Thomas DeLorme and Terrell Williams, Fox Sports 1. Peter Petrov will be fighting on Facebook as well. Um, follow or closing out the month in on the 28th, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Anthony Durrell, David Benavito. Oh, they're, Boom! There we go. We get Darrell against Benavides. He's back from his coke trauma. That should be awesome. Um, yeah, be Mario awesome. Barrios defend Barrios is fighting uh, Bakhtir Akhmadov for the WBA regular junior welterweight, which is a vacant. Justicia Lopez, John Molina Jr., and Robert Guerrero, Jerry Thomas. So, great show on a pay per view. I'm gonna have to buy that. Uh, hint, hint for anyone that wants to come watch it. Uh, so I'm mm. not alone and bored. I shouldn't say more. I, I think
2: I think Benavides is gonna crush Darrell.
1: I think he will too. Benavides was so good, and he was just so much bigger than everybody too.
2: And he's fast though. I mean, like, and he's he's like, he's fast and like he can put combinations together and stuff. Like he is, he's big and he's big and he's pretty skilled. So it should yeah, be I, it
1: should be cool. I yeah. I, nothing Nothing against Durrell, but <laughs> I don't know if he's going to beat him. Um, October 5th, Drevianchenko Golovkin.
0: That's good. Along with Ali
1: Akhmadov on the card and Ivan Baranchuk as well. Uh, same night, Clarissa Shields fighting Ivana Havazin on Showtime. Uh, Jermaine Franklin, Pavel Sauer, and Jericho O'Quillan, James Smith on the undercard. Tank Lundy fights that night as well. Uh, kind of running through the rest of October, real fast before we wrap up here. Um, on the a couple of the zone shows uh, with some some undercard type of guys, but could be fun to see some prospects. But the 12th, the week after, Alexander Yusick, Tyrone Sprong, and then a Dimitri Bavol fight uh, for Bavol's light heavyweight title. Also, Jessica McCaskill defending her WBA, WBC women's junior welterweights. I had heard before Kovalev, canelo happened. Bavol's camp was trying to get Canelo. and
2: what?
1: Yeah, I think mean, I think, I think Bavol
2: would probably be. a... I think, and I, I also think Bavol, money wise, isn't worth the risk. I think at this point, I think at this point, Bavol is better than Kovalev, in my opinion, and I mm-hmm. I think that would be a mud. A, I think that'd be a much more dangerous fight for Canelo. Like yeah, I honestly you're like, going up that I honestly high. think, yeah, I honestly think that Canelo like really sees something that he can exploit to where it's gonna make him like, you know, really like ninety percent like he's he's gotta be he's gotta be very very confident that he's gonna go in and beat Kovalev. Based on what he's seen, like out of Kovalev's last few fights, so
1: well, that's the one thing. Like you said, like regardless of looking at Kovalev's age, kind of like you mentioned with Pacquiao, who even at the age still has it. Kovalev dominated the leader Alvarez in the rematch, who is a hell yeah. of a good fighter. and Kovalev still has the power. He's got a new trainer, which you know, I mean, we saw we saw Golovkin leave Abel Sanchez. We saw Kovalev leave what uh, was his name? Ja- uh, John David Jackson, is that the guy? Yep. Um, you know, sometimes you just need a fresh coat of paint, and after a, you know, I mean David, John David Jackson and, and Kovalev were together for so many fights but eventually we just, look, I lost three of my last five fights, I need to do something different. You know, no harm, yeah. no foul. You know, and, and Jackson, they interviewed him, and he goes Canelo must think that he's going to be able to punish that body to the point Kovalev can't fight, because he goes you know, Kovalev still, if he hits you with that with that hook, man, Andre Ward went down from that.
2: Oh, I mean, and Kovalev has a <laughs> tremendous jab, too, when he uses it.
1: You know, so he's Canelo's got to think, like you said, that he can withstand the power in that jab to hurt the body enough to, to drop Kovalev. Yeah. And, I mean, the money's right for it. And it sounds like Eddie Hearn is going to get one or two Kovalev fights in return for the fight after, so I mean Eddie Hearn's going to get to market Kovalev a couple times too, so it's, it's a win-win on his end too. Yeah. Um, on the uh, on the uh, Leeds England ESPN Plus show October thirteenth, the Josh Warrington versus uh, Sofiane Talcuch fight for his featherweight title. Uh, on the other card, to be announced in a four-round bantamweight fight against the one and only Muhammad Ali. That should be really fun to watch. Interesting. Is Cledus
2: <laughs> Elden fighting anytime soon?
1: I wish. <laughs> October 18th, Alexander Bonesick, Archer, better be on ESPN. That will be hella banger. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. The leather is going to be ripped apart with those punches. Um, yeah. Also, Luis Colazo on the undercard. Uh, another just zone fight on the 19th. Uh, then on the 26th, a Shakur Stevenson fight. That that can be kind of fun. Also that night in London, Regis Grace Josh Taylor, which you brought up earlier, Joseph Parker's on the undercard against Derek Chisora, and a Ricky Burns-Lee Selby fight, which uh, a London crowd might make that fight a lot better than it's going to be because they'll be yeah. so into the Burns-Selby. Um, November 2nd, we continue to roll. Miguel Burchelt-Jason Sosa for Belchert's... Burchelt. I don't know why I couldn't say that correctly um, Also on the intercard, Irwin Antejas versus Jonathan Rodriguez and Javier Molina's taking on Hiroki Okada, not the Rainmaker Also that night Sergey Kovalev Canelo Alvarez for Kovalev's WBO light heavyweight title If, if Canelo beats Kovalev he's going to have a title at the same time in three weight classes
2: Yeah,
0: that's nuts
1: Good lord this dude, man
2: Where's he going to fight, though? Like, I wonder where he's going to, like, is he, do you think he's moving up to see if he can fight at light heavyweight so he doesn't have to, like, so he doesn't really have to fight, like, do you think he's going to stay, possibly stay at light heavyweight if he can handle it so he doesn't have to fight, like, Charlo or Andrade or do you think maybe he's seeing if he can get out of the...
1: Out of that weight class, I you want you want me to make a you want me to make a crazy statement? Sure. I would I I I would be shocked if he beats Kovalev. After he beats Kovalev, he goes and takes that second or he takes the third Kovalev or Golovkin fight, and then just to do it, goes back to one sixty eight and beats the shit out of Billy Joe Saunders for the WBO title, and just kind of goes. I can handle all three weight classes. Do you know why? Be bolder. Because he can be that. bolder.
0: Right. be bolder.
1: I mean, we we talk about how crazy what he's doing is right now, but I mean, if this guy can comfortably move between those weights because of how well he can hydrate, who's to say he doesn't try something crazy? Yeah. Look, I know it's I know it's a different sport, and I know it's a little different, but look at um. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, MMA, the dude who could ever beat John Jones, and it sucked because he's an awesome dude. Um, Cormier, Daniel Cormier. He was defending heavy and heavy and you know the the, the top two weight class titles for like half a year. He was yeah. taking fights. You know, it, it's it's possible. And man, if, if you're Kovalev and you can comfortably do it. What a better way to cement your legacy as an all-timer if you could bounce between two or three weight classes and continue to retain your title?
2: That would be nuts.
1: Like, like, there'd be no, like, there's no, there's like no knocking. You can't knock that. No. That's just crazy. So, I don't know. That should be interesting. Um, November November 7th, Nonito Donaire against Naoya Inoue. That's the World I can't wait. That's going to be on the zone. Um,
2: I, what do you think about that? What do you think about that fight?
1: Look, man, I, I, I love the comeback story of Nonito Donaire. He goes back to uh, Bantamweight, where he probably should have stayed to begin with. Um, He's always been more comfortable at that division, and he's showing it right off the bat. But, I mean, you can go back three, four years ago. I've been talking about Naoyu anyway since day one. I will not back away from him. I think... I think he is pound for pound one of the top five fighters in the world. He just doesn't have the cred because you can't see him. Yeah. He's, he's in a weird situation before this boxing super series that he got exposed to being able to fight names that triple G was riding for a while where you just ain't going to get no one to fight you. And he, every time he'd move up, Lomo would move up whether it was ironic or not. It was like, and I love Lomachenko. I think he's. A, I, I think I've had. It. I have him number two in the world, behind Canelo, slightly over Crawford, but I just. I think Naoya, anyway, man, is, is just on another level. Like, I've never seen a bantamweight in a long time who can hit that hard. Yeah. I mean. It was, the dude's nickname is the monster. Like, can you imagine getting in a ring with a guy and they're like, "Here is the monster," and he's just staring at you, and then he throws speed combos and that power behind it, and he's and he's at phantom weight. Yeah. It's just he's just a freak, man. It's it's kind of like you know I would love to see him with with even more competition, just like Juan hang many Opium. That dude, man. You have to watch his fights on the most bootleg stuff, but holy crap, that dude goes in there like he looks like a rabid animal, like he's in the raid. The raid. Remember the guy who fights the two uh, the the, uh, he fights Eiko Oasis and his brother in like the ice cooler in the raid, and like yeah. the two guys can't even like. That's what hang Manyoian is. He's like a he's like a uh, like a honey badger. He just charges in there and just starts whipping people up but no one's ever going to know because he's fighting at weird carnival-looking areas in Thailand, and he's just not on TV, yeah. which you would think more people would want to do that stuff. Look what happened when they put um, guys like Sor Vasai on, on TV or um, Chocolatito. Like, when they took a chance and put those guys on TV, they became stars. Yeah. You know, I I guess Eddie Hearn Hearn at least has the right idea with anyway, but, man, I just, I'm surprised nobody's grabbed Menyosi and and tried to do something with him on TV. If if you went to a random show in Vegas and, like, the semi-main event is some random guy with the longest name you've ever heard of, and then he comes out and just starts tearing a human being apart with his hands, you can't tell me that people are going to go, oh, my God, I need to see more of this.
2: Yeah, No. They would, they they would love
1: it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I remember, like those, those Superfly shows were like the best things ever. That we kept asking for anyway on those, when we'd have
0: yeah.
1: uh, Quadras and Estrada and Rung Vasai and Chocolatito, and like those were, they they'd do a triple header of just those cards, and they were some of the highest rated shows. Hmm. So I, I, just, I miss that kind of stuff, and I wish they would, we would go for it more.
2: Well, maybe we might get it.
1: There's a lot of good stuff, man. There's a lot of really good fights coming up here in the next few months. Like this, the end this year is going to close in just just a remarkable stretch of of boxing. I mean, I I'm back into it. Like I said to you, man, we're in a spot where if we want to run standing eight count once a week, once every other week, I think we could do it. And like I said, October 25th. Uh, to be announced. It doesn't matter where in Thailand. Wanhang Manyauthian against Simpuay Konko. <laughs> I mean, Manyauthian. I don't know what, what Simpuay Konko is, but Manyauthian's uh, <laughs> gonna be like, I right, hold my beer.
2: <laughs> hold my beer. What about what about knockout PK Freshmart or whatever? Yeah, is that knock,
1: knockout CP Freshmart. He's tight too. Yeah. That wasn't he the one that looked like Manny Pacquiao?
2: Yeah,
1: I'm trying to to Google this guy. Um, let's see, his name is Simp Iwe Let's see, S-I-M-P-I-W-E, Con Con Conco. Um, he's he's South African uh he is uh nineteen and five
0: hmm. i can't
1: tell you i can't tell you to even his first ten fights were not even documented so uh that's where a bunch of his losses his he his only documented loss was against Hecky budler, which is the okay. biggest name he's probably fought yeah and that was a unanimous decision in twenty fifteen I can't tell you any of these other guys he's fought. Uh, he, he had a no decision with Joey Kanoy, um, South Africa. But yeah, I mean he's he, he's he's taken on Wadhang, who I mean, somebody I'm looking at a picture of him, this guy. His nickname is the Wolf. The Wolf. Yeah, he's fifty three and zero. Wow. And he's only thirty three.
0: Jeez. Dude, okay. <laughs> January
1: 2017, March 2017, June 2017, August 2017, November 2017, May 2018, August 2018, November 2018. This dude just fights all the time. <laughs> He's just like, let me at him.
2: <laughs> let me at him. This, this dude tomorrow. has
1: had. Tw- this will be his 21st fight since. March of
0: 2014.
1: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. He's going to – I think this is the one – the last one I watched was the uh, Mectesad Marganti. No, it was against Leroy Estrada. That was the one I had sent you. That was from May of last year when he TKO'd him in the fifth.
2: Yeah, I think I remember that. That was bad,
1: <laughs> dude. He is, and he's he's good, man. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I mean, 53 at all? Eddie, I mean, he's like, I will fight. The I will
2: fight anytime, anywhere.
1: And and that's one of Anybody. those things too, where I don't think it's fair to to. You know, people go, Wow, who has he fought? Well, okay, he's a straw weight. So his phone yeah. is like hundred and eight pounds. Yeah. You know, he's 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 going in there and he's fighting people in his weight classes that are professional fighters and he's annihilating people. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want to him? <laughs> I mean fifty three
2: fifty three and O is pretty um uh, pretty good a pretty good accomplishment. He's um you know, 'cause cuz if you weren't that good, you probably would lose some so I mean the probability of you losing sometime within 53 fights if you're if you're like not that good, you know, that's pretty high.
1: He's uh he's defended and retained the WBC strawweight title 11 times now. Wow. <laughs> and he was he was also the he he was the vacant international champion where he defended that six times until he must have thrown it in a garbage can and then went for the real one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he treated the new or the actual one, one like loot in Borderlands. He's like, oh yeah, give me that one
2: instead. Give me that one, that one. I don't want this one.
1: <laughs> um, so we, we're we're extensively over. We're almost at the two and a half hour mark here. So. I think that was a nice little comeback. A little rocky at first, but I think we recovered very well as we usually do. Getting into boxing, Had some fun baseball talk too. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. We got more coming out you sports media.
2: Huh? Uh, basketball? I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little little rusty on basketball.
1: That's okay. We we made up for it in the boxing. I think, I think we had a great. And, and look, I mean, standing eight counts kind of our thing. I'm I'm all for you know, we continuing to roll with the sports guest radio. I love doing it. Um, it, you know, it was, it was the trend center that started it all. Um, slow planning, I guess is maybe, maybe instead of jumping around randomly on it, but hey, boxing, we got that on lock. Uh, speaking of getting on lock here, um, uh, before this week is over, um, uh, might be, might be tomorrow nights. Otherwise we might do it Saturday night. Uh, got to kind of figure out, uh, it'll be sometime before the week's over, maybe Friday. But me and Alex, uh, night two of our WrestleCast radio doubleheader, we covered all the American uh, America stuff. And the next show, we're going straight pure. We're talking Dragon Gate, New Japan, All Japan, uh, a little stardom, maybe some DDT. So we, we're doing coming straight All Japan show for you guys uh, before the week is over. I believe next Sunday, trying to get back into the regular time slot. Elijah and Jordan will be back for sure. I might tag along with them as well. But we'll get that back going. And me and Elijah are going to get the standing count figured out here to kind of kind of get everything rolling here and get back on track. So thank you all yes. for listening. Uh, thanks for swinging on with me tonight. Glad we could make this happen. Had a fun show. Um, now I'm going to go do some, uh, some Xbox, I think, for a little bit before I crash out for the night. So we're listening I mean, on the, <laughs> the run over as uh, we've not been live for about 20 minutes. Thank you all for podcasting listening. And uh, keep a look up, man. We're back on tracks. Bronx Media. Peace out.